So Aaron got in touch with me and he said, can you speak for five minutes, seven minutes on what lessons has God taught me? And I thought, that's easy. But then when you start thinking about it, you talk about something personal, talk about your own life. And everything that we do in life, God's taught us a lesson in. Whether we realise it or not, we're on a journey and it teaches us a lesson. Sometimes we think, why am I going through this? Why is, why is this happening to me? But I talk a lot to my learners about it's only when you're at the bottom and things are really difficult where growth happens. And that's, it puts us through different things so we can grow, experience things, so we can influence other people. So I thought this was going to be easy and I'm thinking, well, what do I actually share? And so I was brought up, I had a great family, I got a great mum and dad, a fantastic sister, who's sadly not with us anymore, but I had a great childhood. I've also got an amazing wife, she actually told me to say that. Uh, <laughs> So she said, she said, don't forget to say you've got an amazing wife, but yeah, I've got an amazing wife. And so when I was younger, everything was perfect, everything was good, and my life was good. When I was 17, um, I'm a big football fan, I went to a football match, nearly lost my life, I saw a lot of other people that did lose their lives, and it had a massive effect on my journey from then. I'm not going to go into all that, but the journey I had from then was very different from the first 17 years of my life. And it took me on a different route. It took me into, I didn't know I was depressed, but it took me into um, depression slightly. I had insomnia at 17, I couldn't sleep. I'd have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, probably be diagnosed as now. But I didn't know, and then I started to drink very heavily at 17, so I had a drink problem at 17, um, just to go to sleep. So I needed that drink so I could go to sleep and sleep soundly. And it put different things into place, then you start losing your rational behaviour. My mum and dad didn't know what to do with me, and my life started to change for the worse. I started getting involved in lots of different things, um, violence at football matches, and it's only later on when you try to think why you got involved in all that. You're thinking, mental pain's invisible, you can't really see it. When you've got physical pain and you're full of bruises or hurt, it's tangible, it's there, it's real. It's a bit of self, um, people call it self-harm now, don't they? So I went through all that when I was um, 17, and my life was out of control. Yeah. I got to about 23, I think it was, 24, and I'm still on this route, I'm still on this pathway. I went to a beefer, I used to love a beefer. Go up and I see Barry there uh, <laughs> dancing, and I see Marley with his dance music. I like a bit of a dance and stuff like that, and dance music. So I went to a beefer, and I met my wife on a beach in a beefer. And um, at the time, um, we didn't, didn't just, uh, I had a drink together and that was it. But I knew that my life had to change from there. Something inside me said, something needs to change. I come home from that holiday in Ibiza. I had a serious accident at work. I'm a joiner by trade at that time. So I'm a joiner, working. I had a serious accident that actually put me in hospital. I brought me back in two places. I brought my pelvis. My ribs are quite my chest. I shattered my wrist. Everything's God's fault at that time. But what actually started to happen during that time is I started to get rest and peace. I started to think about actually why I was in that bed. And at the really difficult times in your life, you need calmness, you need peace to, to recover. You need to be stopped. You need to calm right down. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And I'm not saying that God did that accident to me. I'm not saying that he purposely put, but he always knows what's happening in your life. He knows what's going to happen. So 22 years as a joiner, that accident had an effect on my life. And I moved into education, started to teach. 
Um, moved on from being quite successful in life in teaching and education. I'm now a Centre Director for Technology at um, a big further education college in the area. And it's been great. It's been good to my education. But you've got to go through life experiences to be able to grow. You've got to be brave sometimes. You've got to push forward. I didn't think I was worthy a lot of times. I didn't think I, I could do things that, God knows, I immeasurable. I, I can achieve anything if I set my mind to it. And we all can do. And so we're thinking how we're going to tie all this together. And then we've got Ofsted coming. We know we've got Ofsted coming this year because it's been delayed for two years. And so we talk about Ofsted all the time. And when we're thinking about uh, talking to my staff, we have a thing in education called intent, intent, implementation and impact. And we always look at our courses and the way we structure our education is what the intent is of that course you're going to run. So what's the purpose of it? So why are you doing it? What's it going to give you? What's, it, what's the whole intent of it? What's the purpose? So we always look at that first. Then we look at the implementation. We look at all the activities that are going to go on all the experiences those young people are going to get on those courses, what it's going to do for them, build a character, give them self-esteem, build a confidence, give them skills, give them knowledge. All the stuff that goes into it is in the implementation. Then we look at the impact, what it's going to do for them, what it's going to take them, what it's going to, is it going to give them an employer, is it going to make them, give them a job, is it going to make them more employable, is it going to build a confidence up, is it going to go into a further education, another higher level course or university? And I'm thinking about all this, and I'm thinking, that's God for us. He looks at us and he says, I know what that intent is. And he puts things in our way, and he puts things in place for us. It's not always good. That's our implementation. We go through experiences so we can grow, so we can develop. So then we have another voice to give to other people. We can share our experiences. We can pass on our knowledge or have a chat with someone about something we've gone through that will encourage them. And then we know what the impact is. He knows what the impact we can have. It could be massive what we can do if we push a little bit out and a little bit further. So maybe that's God's plan for us in science implementation and impact. So I've got a little poem here to finish on. And it's Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So that's me done. Is that five minutes? Yeah? <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Powerful testimony, that. And a reminder never to underestimate the times that God takes us through and the, the testimony that we all have. So just on the back of that, what experience have you been through that you could use to encourage someone else? Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for that. And, and we'll just make uh, Sheila feel welcome as she comes up. Why don't we give her a round of applause?
Hello, everyone. Where do you start with lessons learned at my age? But my first big lesson was when I became a Christian. I'd grown up believing that I was a Christian just because I'd gone to church and Sunday school, and I did believe in God. Then when I was 18, a group of us went to Main Road Football Stadium to a Billy Graham crusade. And that night, I definitely knew I wasn't a Christian. As we're all born sinners, and I needed to say sorry for my sins, and ask Jesus to come into my life and take over, take control. And that night I felt I wanted to stand on the top of Blackpool Tower and tell the world what Jesus did for me on that cross. And that was when my personal relationship with Jesus began. My faith has always been a simple one. I don't do complicated. (laughs) But I've always enjoyed the simple things in life which God has provided in his wonderful creation. Many, many years ago, when we were still in the Methodist church, we used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Two great lessons. We've all come in here this morning trusting that there would be a service for us or even that the roof won't fall in on us. And we do that without even thinking about it. But we don't always have that same trust in Jesus in our everyday life situations. God has always had his hand on my life and been so very faithful to me and my husband Clive and our family. He has provided for us in so many ways as we have trusted in him. I know it was God's plan that we, Clive and I, should meet and get married. And we've been blessed with 55 years of a really good marriage. We've been blessed with a son and a daughter and four lovely grandsons. We don't make little girls very well in our family. (laughs) It did, make, it, it did take him a while to pop the question, but then it does take quite, Clive quite a while to do most things. <laughs> Apart from eating his curry, Richard. But when our son was born, we brought him home, and as I opened the front door, I saw the hall and stairs had been stripped of wallpaper. And so I got a bit panicky and I said, will it be finished for the christening? Two and a half years later, (laughs) when our daughter was born, it still wasn't finished for her christening. So quite definitely, patience has had to be one of my big lessons. I could relate many situations like that one. But having said all that, 
Clive was a better Christian than I was, and I learned a lot from him in our early marriage years. We're living in strange times now, aren't we? One section seems to want to live in the fast lane all the time. The other section seems to be parked up, not going anywhere. (laughs) My driving license has been with the DVLA for 12 months. And I only sent it in for renewal. (laughs) And when I finally got to speak to a person the other week, he said, oh, I'll just have to put you on hold. So I listened to the eternal music for five minutes. And then he came back and he said, we just need to check one thing before we get back to you. And I felt like saying, yeah, like finding it, because we're sure they've lost it. But I managed to stay polite. And needless to say, I'm still waiting. Patience. I've had a number of jobs in my life, all of which I know God has instigated. But some I found quite challenging, sometimes working with people who didn't think like me, didn't speak like me. And so I had to trust God to help me with the right words to say to those people and how to deal with them. I've always found serving in various areas of the church a really big help, especially in a church like ours. And so getting to know people better and building relationships. My life has been enriched by working alongside such great people in our church, in our church family, as we can all learn from each other all the time. I've got to say, serving on the Alpha course is definitely my favorite. There's no greater joy or blessing than when someone opens the door of their heart to Jesus and asks them them to come in and take control of their lives. And then to watch them continuing in their walk with Jesus. There are times when we need to learn to lean on God. Jesus told his disciples he would send a comforter and a helper. So when we get discouraged, disappointed, confused, and even sometimes at the end of our tether, the Holy Spirit is there to help us so that we don't need to struggle on our own. We can trust him to show up and support us and give us all we need. He will intercede for us. How good is that? We can all then draw from his power, pick ourselves up, and then that helps us to carry on. I'm so grateful that we can keep learning lessons all the time. And I do thank him for his great faithfulness. And thank you, Jesus, for being my saviour 
and my friend all these years. Amen. Just stay there, Sheila. Let's, uh, let's all stand together. Paul, you come up as well. Do you know family, which we are, we've all got the lessons learned. And one of the things I've loved this morning is Paul could have shared a lot more. Come to the second service, because he might do. Because he just touched on snippets of his life. Sheila could have shared a lot more. Because, again, just touching on the two and a half years that Clive took to decorate and longer but the truth is family we learn from each other from the youngest to the oldest and as I pray now just consider your own family your family here yes at church but also your own family back at home perhaps or further afield God I thank for Paul I thank you God as he shared words a testimony a story it's only a snippet of what was going on in his life. The loneliness that he shared and touched on. The aggression that he shared and touched on. And then your grace lavishing on him and your love lavishing on him that he's now stood here to share how he's teaching others and guiding others. I thank you for him. For Sheila. Who's Sheila, I want to say to you, don't look at your age as a barrier. The very fact that you shared there about Alpha and the way that you just share your story and your love with others is admirable and it's everlasting. I thank you for your life, Sheila, and for Clive and wider family. I thank you, Lord, for this, our church family. And as we consider perhaps family members that are not with us anymore, I pray that we would be a people that would say that we love each other more often, that we would really listen when we ask the question, how are you? And actually that person isn't doing that well. May we be slow to listen and kind in our response. This moment, God, we give you once more and say, the things that we've just heard, help us to share our story well. Help us to understand that you are a patient God with us. You are a loving God with us. You are kind and overwhelm us on a daily basis with your grace. So once again, we say, you be glorified in this place. Yeah. And we all say, amen. 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 Let's thank these beautiful people. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Sheila.